Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of Topic of the Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Police. And uh, as you can't tell, we're talking about Star Wars tonight. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. If you're familiar with this uh, composer who's John Williams, which we actually did an episode of the greatest composers, in the, or not the greatest composers, the greatest soundtracks, yes. John Williams. This is uh, Harry's Wondrous World. And uh, tonight we're talking about some Harry Potter. But joining me tonight on the panel, the uh, the great guests. I'm so excited again to have uh, Ben Malisone, Robin Cabe from the Sensuous Sounds of, say it, Ben, of Infosec. Sensuous Sounds of Infosec. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. And if uh, and you guys can't see it, but Robin is all decked out in her Slytherin, shall I say, garb yep. tonight. Well, Slytherin robe and wand. Yep. And then uh, joining us from Florida, sunny Florida right now, my old friend, my good friend, Lisa Wensveen. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. And uh, as always, Matthew Snotty, who has a lot to contribute tonight. And I have so much to talk about. I loved it I, when James Earl Jones was the lion's voice. <laughs> I thought that it was the best part of this movie. <laughs> Oh, now you're spoiling it, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, this movie, right? We're talking about. Yeah, what was it? The office? Did you see the 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 episode of The Office? I love where Jim is pranking Dwight, and he says, uh, "Dwight, I want to." What was the movie where the 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 uh, the the little people go to Mount Mordor and then they have to fight the person with the Force, and then he. And they and then they have this battle for the wands, and it's driving Dwight crazy because he mix matches all of these three massive sagas into one topic. But tonight we're talking about some Harry Potter, what we love about it, what we don't love about it, and the 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 big argument of uh, you know which is the best book slash movie. And we're just going to dive right in. Uh, first of all, show of hands, who's read the books? Okay, thanks. You realize this is a podcast, right, Joe? <laughs> I think you have to say I'm, I'm just, yay I'm or just nay with that, medium, right? You know. I know. That's part of the fun, though, Ben. Uh, yeah, so I, I know that, that Ben and Matthew are coming into this not as, um, uh, I would say, as, as in-depth as, as maybe some of us uh, also on this podcast. But you I can think say that- it, Joey. We're ill-prepared. That's fine. <laughs> but they are going to offer a, a great... Um, contrast to to what we we present today so i'm i'm gonna jump in with the, with the big question we're just going to start off heavy uh what is the best book out of the seven okay which which is your favorite and let's just quickly talk why and then i'll disagree with you so robin i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and give it to you because i probably can guess which one is your favorite really well, my favorite has long been the fifth book, The Order of the Phoenix. That's the one I've probably read and listened to the most. I felt oh, yeah. like it was pivotal in the uh, coming of age story. It really took the kids from the trauma of the end of the fourth book into a very dark, very real world and started tackling some much more serious subjects. No pun intended. Oh, very yeah. That, I just got it. That's I good. even got that one. That's Gary oh, okay. Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Um, I was going to think. I I I thought maybe either the second one or the sixth one. Hmm. 
for you. Were your favorites for what reasons? What, what um, well, w- in the in the last podcast that we did, I we had a quick couple of second uh, dialogue, and I said, "Hey, if you were in a house, what house would you be in?" And her response was Slytherin. So I thought, you know, those are more those are more Slytherin centric. Uh, at least at least I think so. But but they definitely uh, are. Yeah. yeah. So Lisa, go ahead with your your pick. I, I, you know, I would. I think I'm going to go with uh, Goblet of Fire. Um, because of course that, well, when I was reading them with my daughter, they were coming out, you know, you had to wait for the next one to come. And so that happened. And the fifth book was like, not, not published yet, you know, so we're waiting and here it is that, that, you know, enormous climax at the end and it's the cliffhanger of, oh my gosh, you know, what's, what's going to happen next. And so that. Uh, I think really just stuck with me. And, you know, the fact that my daughter, she's, I guess, probably by that point, she was around eight or probably around, around eight, probably. So it was just that exciting age of, oh my gosh, you know, and the, the joy of having a, a child, you know, reading them with you and then be like, oh, and then, you know, have that, that first experience of really being in that fangirl moment of, I can't wait for the next book and I can't, you know, and, and, and <laughs> all of that, that was because when I first started the books with her, she was much younger. So it took a little while for her to really get into it. By the fourth book, she was fully involved. And that was such a big cliffhanger that she, uh, it was, it was, to me, it's memorable for that reason. Is she still a fan or is it, it has she oh. carried that? Yes. Big time. Okay. She, okay. she, so she had read that we read them all together, but then someone had given them to her on audio and she still will sometimes go on a road trip and just listen to them on audio books. You know, she, yeah watches the movie. She'll just get in a mood. Mom, I, I got to watch all the Harry Potter movies this weekend. You know, she'll just <laughs> binge watch them all, you know? And so, um, she, yeah, she's a very big fan. Yes. My friend Chris and I have a, uh, a, a, when fall hits, you know, the first crisp day of fall here in Kentucky, uh, it's one of those where I'll text or he'll text and it's like, yep, we're watching Harry Potter. The first one this weekend. It's just very, it's very uh, appropriate, uh, for, for us. So, but I agree with you, Lisa. So I, I, I picked the fourth book as well. That's my, that's my favorite. Um, but I didn't get into the books until, uh, the seventh book was actually waiting to be released. So my story is a lot different than yours. I remember going to the video store, the blockbuster, and they had a, a big pop-up cardboard of Dobby. And <laughs> it was when the second movie came out and they were promoting it. And, and I just remember looking at it thinking that's ridiculous. You know, uh, you know, a, a, a boy. What wizard. is that thing? <laughs> that, it was like a children's, it was a children's book right. or a children's movie. And, um, and then it was, I think, oh gosh, how many years later I, uh, for the job that I was in, I had to drive a lot. I was a trainer and, and I would travel across States and I had a lot of time on the road. And, and, uh, I remember picking up, uh, it was one of the gas stations and they had the books on tape. And it was like a, you know, a binder of like 13 cassettes at the time, or I don't know if it was DVDs. Anyway, Jim Dale was the author. Yes, Jim Dale. And I put the first one in because I thought, what's the big Harry? The, everyone is so crazy about Harry Potter. Every J.K. Rowling, well, well okay, fine, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I had a six-hour drive, and so I put the first tape in. I want to tell you, I sat in the parking lot of the hotel when I arrived there, just like... <laughs> Just, like, to finish I, I, it. just one more chapter, one more chapter. 
<laughs> and uh, I tore into them uh, after that. And then, then I realized after I finished book six that I, I was like, wait a second, where's the, where's the seventh one? And then I realized it hasn't been released yet. So I got a how, little how taste of it. How old were you, it. Joey? Um, <laughs> when you started. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. So I was, I was in my thirties. Huh? Yeah. I was easily in my thirties or no, no, Ben, maybe, maybe late twenties. Okay. <clears throat> but, uh, and, and anyone listening that hasn't listened to the audiobooks, if you're a fan of these books, it is a completely amazing experience to listen to Jim narrate and, yeah, and take an these characters job. on. Do you guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, Jim Dale's narration is a big part of how I relate to the media. Yeah. I mean, I, I read them all, but then uh, all throughout high school and college, that was what I would put in, put on in the background whenever I was cleaning something up or trying to zone out. Just constant Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. So Ben, have and, and you-, you listened to it in another language too, didn't you? Um, no, I haven't, but I have read a few of the books in Spanish. Oh, to wow. Practice, um, which is fun. That is it's, it's a good way to get in touch with the language. But. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many languages the book has been written in. All of them. There's probably a Sanskrit. I mean, come on. <laughs> this property <laughs> is, is insanely huge. Esperanto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did a documentary movie, like a, like a, a, not it wasn't a documentary. No, it was a it was a movie about J.K. Rowling, and they had you know all these uh, the actors portraying all the the people, and her story is quite incredible of how this first book came to be published from a abusive, um, I think it was a fiance or husband. I, I don't know, and um, being rejected from all of these different publishing companies to finally somebody, you know, uh, accepting it. And now, and now here it is. And she's worth more than what I think the queen of England. Mm-hmm. Aren't I you believe- glad you're not one of the people who rejected her? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being that person? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Endless regret. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I believe that she has stated publicly that the character of Gilderoy Lockhart, who features prominently in the second book was modeled yeah. after the, abusive ex really uh, yes i might be wrong on the abusive part uh but <laughs> I, I but think she said that he I was, think it was a very difficult said, relationship i think yeah I, I think she said at least emotionally abusive mm-hmm. we don't know yeah. exactly what that means because no one's listening to what he has to say well no one's you know, listening to I mean, the podcast you know, he's anyway he's not so. the wealthiest woman in england so <laughs> I mean, not that i'm defending an abusive relationship but we just you know he doesn't have much of a voice no no absolutely well I, I'm pretty sure, though, irregardless of the abuse definition, her, she was in a very tough spot, wasn't she? Raising kids on her own and yeah. and um, really n- not financially stable and um, really scraping to get by. And this really changed everything for her, clearly. Um, so, Ben, you you have a uh, a good background in science fiction and fantasy, from from what I've gathered. Can you think of another author? That was able to open the uh, the the box, so to speak, of of uh, wizarding and magic in the way that she she did. Because I, I look at her, she was the Michael Jordan to basketball that Harry was to this, or Bruce Lee to martial arts. You know, the, or the Tiger Woods to golf. She, I, I don't, I can't think of one. 
I'm going to make two analogies here, and they have nothing to do with science fiction or fantasy. Um, first one is, I think what she did from going from self-publishing, basically selling it like out of the trunk of her car, the way I remember yeah. it. Um, the only other author I know that did that and leaped into mega super huge sales was the guy who wrote, and I don't even know his name. How sad is that? Um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus or something like that. Yeah, okay. It, that could be backwards. In the 80s, 90s, he did the exact same thing. He went from uh, self-published to mega, mega, multiple editions, multiple titles, and has more but, money. But than. one book, right? It wasn't a series. No, he did. He but, made many, many more. Oh, but, he, he turned it into an entire franchise. But um, nobody, nobody had done this genre before. Correct. And, th and that's why the, the second thing that I would say is that she should be a Nobel Prize winner. She mm. had kids waiting to read books. There, oh, there. Yeah. I, I can't. Um, I, I don't remember any phenomenon like that ever. Um, and and I unfortunately, like like you said, I was kind of in my twenties uh, as the phenomenon hit. I had yeah. stepped away for a little while from fiction, and so I didn't have my thumb on the pulse, and I never read them. And uh, I was not the target audience. I think at that point, <laughs> um, but I remember kids in line around yeah. the block at a bookstore. I, That's I it's unprecedented. Sorry to creep you out. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I Robin? was one of them. Sorry to creep you out. No, <laughs> no, I, I, you, you make a good point. My cousin, Nick. So if you're listening, Hey Nick, uh, he just graduated vet school and there was a, there was a, I did a post how many years ago on in my Instagram where my son and I were reading the fourth book here. And we had gotten to the chapter on the Dementors. And it was one of those things where I told my oldest son, I was like, let's, we read the book together, then we watch the movie. And to your point, Ben, he couldn't wait every night. We would, we would tackle chapters. And my cousin, Nick, I bring him up, bring it up because he had posted, uh, J.K. Rowling was responsible for his literary um, appetite, you know, just what she created. It's, it's spectacular. It, it, it's amazing, and, and I can't think of anything else quite like it where kids were sitting in the aisles in bookstores reading quietly for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she deserves everything she's gotten more, you know? Um, I remember the yeah. fourth book, uh, my mom had been reading them to me and my brother, and she wasn't reading it fast enough. I am a very <laughs> disciplined, very patient kid. And I couldn't help myself. I just picked it up and I, I read it to the end of the book. And it was kind of traumatizing. It's a very dark ending. It is. And I was just hooked. I couldn't wait for the next book to come out. Didn't you go to a midnight reading as well? I went to several midnight releases <laughs> of <laughs> books and, and also movies. But I, I'm very loyal to the books. The movies are kind of like a, a fan I agree. Tribute. But um, yeah. so I, when, when you ask the question, well, I may be jumping ahead, but no, go ahead. Are, go we, ahead. On to, are we on to favorite movie yet? Because when sure, you first sure. asked the question, favorite movie, favorite book, I'm like, eh, yes, those are not the same thing. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> there's a favorite book and then there's a favorite movie that, and for different reasons entirely. Yep. Um, so I, I, I agree. And I, and this is sort of, one of the other things I had instilled in my daughter many, many years ago, that it's completely sacrilegious to watch a movie and then watch the book. The order is you read the book and Always. then you watch the movie. 
always. always. And if you've not, if you watch the movie and there's a book, you can no longer now read the book. It's just it's off the table. It's not <laughs> happening. It, it's like, it just doesn't happen, which is a whole other argument. If we talk about game of Thrones on a different subject. Yeah, um, that's right. One very small point here. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, the, the silence of the lambs, you can watch the movie and then read the book, the silence of the lambs, because they but are identical. Who? No, no. Oh, really? That's such a, you, you can't bring Silence of the Lambs into the into the world of Harry Potter tonight. <laughs> and I, I would throw out another caveat. I would say both Patriot Games and Clearant Present Danger. The oh, movie Tom was Clancy. better than the book because they were tighter and yeah. better directed. Yeah. I did not read either of those, but I did see the movies uh, yeah. because I can't find one that it's funny you you say that because I don't know of one instance in the arguments I've had with my kids where the movie was better than the book. I've always known the book to be better, but now I want to read those two uh, to see. But well, no, you like no point, I never read, read them because I saw the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? So was anyway, your, that the, yeah. we we when and I want to say uh, also when you're talking about reading ahead, I I when I was reading these books to my daughter, she was so young, and it was the same thing. We'd read one chapter at a time. And sometimes she was still a little bit young, maybe for the first book when we started. And so you got a little antsy and have to kind of focus her. But I was so into them that I would put her to bed and go keep reading. And I, I finished the books way before. So I have read them multiple times because I would have to go back and keep reading them to her. And I would know what's happening. Eventually she caught on and she would get That's so like eating mad your at kids me. Halloween candy. That's right. <laughs> She would get so mad. And by the time the final book came out, she was old enough to read them on her own. And I'm pretty sure we each had our own copy and she was, it was like a race. And she was very upset with me for finishing the book before her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but she, we've read them a million times now. And so uh, for me, I, uh, the movies, of course, there's so many factors to, that go into why you love one or, or the other more, you know, the, the first one, the acting, they're so young. They were so new. You know, it's it's harder to watch in some ways because yeah, yeah. they're kids, you know. Um, but by the end, you know, everything is so much better. You know, the, the uh, cinematography, the uh, computer animation, you know, uh, the, the directing, everything. And, of course, the, the kids are seasoned actors by then. And so it, it's hard to say which, which of the movies are – favorite but i would say book seven which are you know seven and eight movie uh to me were the best um the best the most well done and i feel okay. like maybe the the closest to the books um myself um that's my thought plus it's like the final culmination of everything coming together and they win and the beautiful ending that you want spoilers so, no uh, no spoilers Okay. No spoilers. No, spoilers? no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like if you haven't figured it out, yeah, Harry wins in the end. <laughs> hey, hey, Matthew. You almost didn't. I know. I know that hey, Matthew. Have you seen any of the movies, or or give us just a, a, your experience, or or where you are, or is none of this making sense? I'm just curious. Um. <laughs> no, I've not seen any of the movies. I think I got about 20 minutes into the first one when it very first came out because it was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And since then, no, there's okay. been absolutely so no Harry Potter on my radar. It's not that Harry Potter is forbidden in this house. It's just that there's no reason to watch it, listen to it, 
read it, oh. take it in, consume it in any form. So, so now, Matt, I'm you're here. a Star Wars fan. So. <laughs> we not. Why would you say it. that? Yeah. No, but you, but you said you watched 20 minutes of the first movie and had no yep. desire. I could understand that because the movie, yeah. the first movie, and, was again, you know, young kids. It it was not I, as. I love the as, first movie. I really enjoyed it, and and I, again, I haven't read any of the books. We went. Um, the Louisiana Symphony Orchestra did a thing uh, the year before COVID for her birthday. I took, or was it Valentine's? I forget what. It was, it was my birthday. It was your birthday. Yeah, it was fall. They did the score live with the orchestra while oh, they showed man. the movie on the big screen. Oh, how cool. And it was phenomenal. I, I cried. <laughs> I cried <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> it probably it wouldn't amazing. bring you to tears. <laughs> yeah. It just, the, the, the fans and the nurturing dedication to this whole fandom was really moving. It was very much an in the moment kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone was so welcoming. There was a sense of community. There was, she wasn't the only one wearing a cape by far. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, it was fascinating right there in the middle of, of new Orleans, right off the, the French quarter. It was, it was something to see. Can you have Harry Potter now without the soundtrack? <laughs> You know, if you don't have that, can you guys hear it? Why would you have any? No, we, we can't. Well, I mean. <laughs> the audio's not coming through. So. <laughs> okay. Oh. No, go ahead. I'm just yeah, playing again, it in the background here. The, <laughs> the movies to me were kind of the equivalent of not exactly fan fiction, but fan tribute because I was so entrenched in the books it was neat to see other people embodying these roles but it's kind of like um watching a rocky horror shadow play it's mm. it's very to me it felt like tribute but i yeah. i still see the characters the way that i envision them and the music is nice but it's not to me what necessarily defines Ooh. harry potter oh i gotta ask you because i know i know more about the trivia than i know about the actual stuff didn't jk rowling say that um Snape, when she envisioned him and she was, go ahead, you say it. I, I don't think that she's confirmed or denied. I thought she said it. <laughs> Every time we say Snape, we're supposed to drink. Okay. All right. Um, I, I don't think she's confirmed or denied that she had Alan Rickman in mind, but um, I think it's pretty clear that she wrote that role with him in mind. And he was exactly what I imagined Snape. Exactly. He was perfect. I agree. He was perfect. So perfect. Absolutely. So Matt, Hans Gruber is uh, very <laughs> integral to these films. I, so, so I hear. That's, that, ho, that's awesome. Yeah, that's ho, right. ho. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that would, that, that would be even more impressive if I, was, if I had seen Die Hard as well, which I haven't oh, seen either. What? I <laughs> know oh, you're getting ready to come through the camera at me. <laughs> I sense a Christmas special. Okay, let's just talk... <laughs> Real quick, we know. Joey, that, why is he on this show? I don't know. Why I don't he, know. Why is he allowed no near the internet? Uh, it's, at it's, all. No. Uh, this is an argument which I know Matthew and I will have that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, it, it, very, very it much absolutely so. is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll pull back to Harry Potter. Uh, I Sorry. I remember I was uh, the, because I was so late to the game in reading the books. I got through them and then I thought, okay, now I want to watch these movies. You know, and I was so excited to see how they would make these worlds come come to life. And I remember when I got to 
the third or no, it was the fourth movie. And I was so disappointed because they left so much out of that book from, and I, I won't go into the details. Uh, the, what'd you say? That book was a big book. It was the biggest it was one a, it was a huge so far, book. you know, of, yeah. of all, you know, fourth book was the biggest of them to date yes. and she was really ramping it up. Yeah. It was Alfonso Sauron, Cauron, Cuaron, Cuaron. Thank you. I, I still butchered <laughs> the last name. I'm sorry. I don't think he did it justice at all. I don't think he did that movie. I think it was really which movie yeah. was that? The, the third fourth one. one that got, no, the fourth one. Oh, Alfonso Cuaron did the the third one. Okay, then that's my mistake. Whoever did the fourth one, I don't think they did it justice. I but 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 to your point, Robin, it's. It's not supposed to. It it can't ever get to that to that level just simply because there's so much detail in yeah, these you, books and these characters. You have to pick and choose and distill the information into something that will fit into a, a movie length. <laughs> but just and have to still fulfill the essence of the story accurately. Mm -hmm. And I think I think they do that well um, in all of the books. There's all there's always something missing from the books. I mean, there's. She's so detailed but, and so voluminous in her descriptions that there's it's only so much that can translate, I feel like. Um, when when but, I made but, Ben binge watch them with me, I would frequently pause it and fill in the, the little <laughs> the details, the little anecdotes that would be peppered in there because I feel like you you don't fully appreciate it unless you, you have that. But of course, you have to read it to really get it. I learned the rich tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> and and many many of my theories about snape <laughs> oh you said it drink <laughs> everyone drink there are two so, other hidden words is one of them dumbledore no i was afraid oh, okay. to, to to get a, a word that that might be said too many times because we would all be on the floor by the end of this i was like it Harry? I was at uh, King's Island. Yeah. I remember I Were told you, you playing Quidditch at King's Island. No. <laughs> we have oh, <laughs> I was at King's Island. I remember I had told you that um, the seventh book had not been released yet. We went to King's Island that it was some, some weekend and the book had been released. And I told myself, not looking at any spoilers because we're <laughs> going to have our weekend and then I'm going to come back and I have the book and I'm just going to start reading it. And I'm in line at the beast. If you're familiar in the Ohio, Kentucky area, there's this famous roller coaster. It's like one of the world's fastest wooden roller coasters called the beast. And I'm in line and I'm watching people come off and there's a guy who has this shirt and it said page 642 Dumbledore dies. You're welcome. <gasps> oh, and didn't, awful. Didn't Anonymous get a preview copy and drive around major cities reading it out the window, yelling oh, yelling the book out the terrible. window? Oh, that's that awful. is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember looking at the shirt and I thought, why? Why would you do that? And I thought, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. But sure enough, you know. That was uh that was the sixth book, wasn't it? Yes, it was, times? Robin. Yes, it was the yeah. sixth book. So yes, I, but I hadn't read it regardless, and I saw this guy walking. 
And it just ruined it for me. I remember. Point is, he was so. wearing a major spoiler on his T-shirt in public. Dude, if you're listening and and this is you, and you know that was a horrible thing you did. So I just want to say that. <laughs> Literally, when I got the sixth book, I went into a cave for about three days and read the entire thing. And when I emerged. My mom was really concerned, uh, like, you know, about a week passes and she says, are you okay? You seem depressed. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, mom, I'm fine. She's like, did you just finish reading Harry Potter? I was like, yeah, what of it? (laughs) She's like, what what age was this, Robin? I'm curious. (laughs) I was probably like 16, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, moody teenage girl, but uh, I guess she had seen a spoiler and she knew I needed some moral support. <laughs> I'm going to guess that your mother belonged to the California Potter Parents Association, where they shared all these adult warnings amongst each other. I'm going to guess because I know your mom and, and that is totally something she would do. Possibly. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I was legitimately depressed for about a month after I finished reading that book. Um, it, it was it was moving. Um, uh, I was really concerned about if you're an immersive reader it, like that, where you really immerse yourself in the story. I, I'm like that with story, long, especially long stories like that. You know, even even the Lord of the Rings type things, you know, these big, long saga stories where you're, you know, so immersed that. It, you do like come back out, like you have to kind of reassociate yourself to reality and and what's going on. Because I, I feel that way because I'm a you know, very immersive reader, especially if I'm. It's a story like that where, and I, I've been known, maybe not fully in a cave, but definitely the world is blocked out because I am no longer present. I am in the book, and it, and you do kind of have to reacclimate yourself to. Not being in 100%. Lisa, I know your answer to this, but Robin and or Ben, uh, Matthew, I'm not even going to ask you. Uh, (laughs) Did you read any of the Stephanie Meyer books? I did that series. Um, What? Yeah, is that, is that the Twilight. That's the Twilight yeah. series, and I'm I'm asking yeah. because that was also a phenomenon, right? When they when they came out of the genre of that that vampire world, and those are the, the two wealthiest women in the world, the way I understand it. They surpassed Oprah, I think, in right around 2010. Wow, is that correct? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't look at me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I believe it. They're they're fairly big deals, and the fact that they did it with books and writing. In an age where we've been told for about three decades, the written word is dead. Publishing is dead. Well, she's got her own theme park. You know, (laughs) I'm kind of thinking it ain't quite dead yet. You might want to kick that corpse a little bit. Poke it a few times. I I did not read them, but um, I did have COVID this last summer. And um, I, I was in kind of a feverish state and decided that was the appropriate time to watch all of the Twilight films. Oh, so you watched them. Okay. Yeah. And we and the watched only the first way, one. You we and did I, rewatch it we with were, a uh, yeah. friend who had read all of the books. And she's was a big what, fan. what did she call it? A Twihard? Yes. She's a Twihard. She's a Twihard. Yeah. We, <laughs> we watched it with a friend of ours and um, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> I don't know if the book's any good, but it's a terrible, terrible thing. Harry Potter's actually a really good movie, the first one. 
Uh, I love the first I, one. All of them are really good yeah. because they they've got the best actors in the entire world. Every British person who wasn't in Game of Thrones, they hired for these films. So um, you bring up a you bring up a good point. J.K. Rowling refused, flat out refused to have any American actor in those movies. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes. I, not, I, not only American, they had to be British. They had to be British. They had to be British actors. What an imperial aristocratic snob. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I learned, kind of agree. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that when they were casting the first film and I begged my mom to let me go audition and she broke it to me that I could <laughs> audition for Hermione. I, I would have made a good I Hermione. Crushed. <laughs> I was crushed. <laughs> and yet she used Hollywood instead of, you know, uh, what's what Pine, Pine, uh, Pinewood Studios or, oh, yeah, or the big London studio. Yeah. Right. I don't want they to go could, off. They couldn't onto offer them. her a theme park. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, no, I'm the one that took us there. I, I was going to say I don't want to go off onto a negative tangent of J.K. Rowling. But when I heard that, I thought, oh, why are you doing that? Because you have a huge fan base over here, and uh, I think the only American piece that they put into the books was at mm-hmm. the Quidditch. F- um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> in, <laughs> in the fourth book, they're at the World Cup. That's what it was. And they had all of these different uh, groups, and they had one from Salem, uh, from the from America. And I think that's the only time they've referenced I, the United I States. I didn't see it as being. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was. Uh, I didn't see it as being snobbish. I oh, felt like it was about authentic, It was about authenticity, you know. And I liked it. I liked that she gave people a chance to be in her movies. Who I mean, there are many well-known British actors in the movies, but they're, you know, certainly all of the kids were unknown before. Yes, unattractive people need jobs too. (laughs) (laughs) So it's worth hiring Brits, you know, and they always come over here and play, you know, them and Australians and Canadians always play Americans. So it's like, they have no problem going in the other direction, (laughs) but okay, that's fine. We'll go for Verissa Limitude for these films. That's what we'll do. Uh, I think this dog will a hunt. lot of those actors grew up to be very attractive. Neville. Well, Neville's like one of the big... I mean, there's something <laughs> really hot about a chick with $200 million. <laughs> or um, Cedric Diggory, who went on to be the star in Twilight. To be Edward. Yeah. Who's now Robert he's Pattinson, the new, the new Batman. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the new Seriously. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <clears throat> I Did can you know see that? that. I think that's a that's a good um, Which one's star power. Ben. Robert Pattinson? Yeah, Robert ben. Pattinson. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, he's a really good actor. I got to say he, that. He was Cedric Diggory in the, movie, in the Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, the... I'm sorry, the I don't know the name. The he was the older Kidditch boy who taught Harry, right? He said Kidditch. So, no. <laughs> Quidditch, Kidditch, I don't, whatever. I, I don't know this, but he was really good in that. And he has like six lines, but he's really good, right? Yeah. He's a good actor. I think he's, and um, he, think, you're not thinking of the right character, is he? he no, you um, got the wrong character, Ben. Cedric is oh. the one who dies and Robin, in the Robin Goblet of knows. Fire. Mm-hmm. He dies at the end. He's the one who Remember goes he in. he brings him back with the with the cup at the end where Voldemort killed him. And, and oh, was he supposed to be the good guy who's the bad guy who turns to be the good guy? That thing? Basically. Yeah. yeah. I, that I movie mean, really got too long for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's he because the book, is, the book is like 800 pages long. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he went on to do films with um, 
He oh did that gosh, Guy Pierce one called. He did uh, the one with Reese Witherspoon, the Water for Elephants. Oh yeah, I never saw oh, that. I didn't. Know I didn't that. see Which that. Also was a very good book, we, by the way. We watched him with Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse, <laughs> which is disturbing. Don't see about that, that movie. Yeah, yeah, The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson was an amazing movie that I slept two thirds of the way through. But regardless, <laughs> oh, you, you missed the traumatic parts. Then <laughs> both of them are great actors, and it's a showcase for their talents. But don't see the movie. Oh my gosh, I'm oh, totally blanking to on like the Willem director. Dafoe. The Canadian director that I love, uh, whose name I can't think of at the moment. Um, yeah, Robert Pattinson went on like an art house binge. Um, oh, oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. Yes, I saw that. It's called it's called uh, This House or something like that. No, that's yeah. not Robert Pattinson. That's the kid who played Anakin Skywalker. Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not even close to being the same. <laughs> Pattinson also did one about... Christian uh, Haydenson. Uh, an English explorer in Africa or something. Hey, are you saying Hayden Christensen, Joey? Hayden Christensen. Did I say Christian Hayden? Also Christian a good Haydenson. actor. Also a good actor. <laughs> terrible in Star Wars. I'm going to argue yeah. with that, Ben. I think he's yeah, terrible. I, don't I think, think he's terrible. You ever see Shattered Glass? <clears throat> no. Yeah, Shattered Glass is awesome. Go Shattered Glass that. is phenomenal. Go listen to our episode about it, then watch the movie. Okay. <laughs> I thought I'd listen to all your episodes. I obviously have not, so I need to. I need to listen to that one. It's anyway, trite. if you haven't listened to the Sensuous Sounds of Infosec podcast, <laughs> this is this podcast is sponsored by them. And <laughs> you need no, no, to it's the other way around. We sponsor them. <laughs> and you need to, after this episode, go listen and subscribe, rate and review Ben and Robin's podcast. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Available on all major platforms. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> She's got that NPR voice. It's so good. She does. That's what all I said. Right, it doesn't work without Robin. Joey and yeah. Lisa? Um, okay. So as an outsider looking at the Harry Potter verse or whatever the heck you call it, um, I'm going to go on top of Twilight and I'd go one step further. And I would say the derivation fanfic of Twilight was Fifty Shades. Another one of the wealthiest women in this country, um, yeah. which also, is the entire, yeah. Or, also, I would say very three different audiences. You so know, let me just quickly. This is the but, question J.K. Rowling had it right because hers appeals to a huge wide audience. You know, it's but, kids, it's families, it's adults. Yeah, let, know, me, quickly, let me quickly say kind of, the, this series that Ben's talking about. Uh, I don't endorse that series. That's one of those, the, the Fifty Shades. But it was it was a uh, it was a fanfic of the Twilight characters before she was got it picked really up. yeah yeah mm-hmm. before oh, she got I did picked not up by a that. publisher uh, and the publisher forced her to change the name so they wouldn't interfere with the intellectual property. Really? As a former fan fiction writer, it was a pretty big deal in the community that this fan fiction series took off so much that a publisher reached out and said adapt this, remove all the references to Twilight, and we'll publish it. Yeah. So the the point of this is what she just said, the fanfic community. The Potterverse lends itself to slash fiction, which I mm. think catapulted itself into <clears throat> the, the, the wide permeation of the readership and grew with the audience. I would guess that the wow. people who read it as kids – around the adolescent stage, went a bit further as the books went further. And that would be my guess, that there's an underlying drive here. And it ain't the goblins and the magic wands, so to speak. So, so Ben, you're saying there's a natural progression of a young woman or a person of a certain age who starts with 
Harry Potter. Yep. Gets about five, six, eight years older. Graduates yep. into Twilight. Gets yeah, about I don't five, buy six, this. Eight it's years a gateway older. drug. And gets it's into <laughs> Fifty Shades. Uh-huh. So and in between need, times, fan fiction. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's a natural <laughs> yeah, progression of, 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 uh, uh-huh. of following I'm all gonna, these types uh-huh. of stories. So you're saying wanna... J.K. Rowling is the gateway author to... Um... No, no. I refuse <laughs> to believe this. Yeah, I'd say. No, no. But, but, I think, but I think that was a, an aspect of all fantasy and science fiction from way, way, way back. I think there was always some little part that would uh, tickle the medulla oblongata that was always a more, uh, uh, you know, snake brain kind of thing. When I was involved in the fan fiction community, the two largest communities by far, Harry Potter and Labyrinth. Hmm. The Jim Henson Labyrinth. film. Which also has a lot of Yeah, I know Labyrinth films. very well. Yeah. The Labyrinth is, is a... Single movie. It's not like a big. A it doesn't matter, Matthew. Fan fiction allows you to go so far <laughs> into. Oh, yes, I, it does. I, yeah. I, so you've you're an author of fan fiction. Do you still write? Uh, I I don't. I can neither confirm nor deny that my writing is still up on fanfiction.net. All right. And she well, did go as Jareth to one Halloween party I and did. looked disturbingly <laughs> reminiscent. <laughs> okay, who's Jareth? Do we have to drink now again? Is that a thing? Yeah, I, I, David, <laughs> Bowie, David Bowie as an oh, 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 labyrinth. Magic oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Labyrinth yeah. uh, I mean, okay. That's all you had to say. Just say David With Bowie. Jim Henson yes. Muppets. It was kind of. It's very disturbing. Well, it's 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 all the it's right there with the Dark Crystal, with the Neverending Story, Labyrinth, uh, and Jennifer not, Connelly. And, and yeah, that, that was in her early days as well. So I would say between Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal, you had some some traumatizing scenes, maybe, if you were a young kid watching those. And let's not even get to the return of Oz, where that <laughs> scarred people for life if okay, you were a kid. So when you come back to Labyrinth as a teenager and go, oh, right, this movie totally messed me up as a kid. It does yeah. some weird things to your brain as but, a teenager. But okay, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to ask. Has fiction become so uh, uh, homogenized for our 20th, 21st century sensibilities that these concepts of shocking kids or scaring kids has suddenly become something we have to worry about? Because you look at the Grimm Brothers fairy tales, that's some heavy stuff, man. I mean, eating grandmothers and, you know, carving Mm. people up and, you know, those things, children. Children well, about to be eaten by witches. This is a, th- I think fiction strikes a chord in humanity and it gets into like the core of what we are. And that plays on both our drives of the things we want and the fears of the things we loathe. And so, I would imagine JK did the same thing. You, you make a good point. If you look at the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel and, and they have now taken this fairy tale, which we all heard as kids growing up and never really thought twice about it. Oh my gosh, my dog. Can you hear my dog right now? Oh, sorry guys. Anyway, edit that out. But, (laughs) but what they're doing now is they're taking those and they're really just injecting steroids into them on a terrifying level. I think. I'm sorry. You lost me. What do you mean? No, that's okay. No, no, I, I, I'm just saying you make a good point of, of what's happening to fiction now. 
and and what what they're delivering to the 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 audiences today. Um, but uh, well, they're all trying to monetize these grand <clears throat> sweeping things where they can sell ten books and yeah. all make it PG thirteen. Yeah. Right. Right. Whereas so, a cannibalistic witch in a candy house <laughs> would never ever be anything less than R in our world. It, that's right. And I, I, I don't want to digress too much, but did you see Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. yes. Oh my word! Fantastic film. Yes, but it's not for kids. No. I don't think so. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I like actually, how Ben Ben's actually contemplating this. Ben, <laughs> the answer is no. Okay. All right. All right. So you, so you asked about it's, fantasy and science fiction and all that. I sure. picked up Heinlein and Asimov and Saberhagen and Paul Anderson, all that stuff as a kid, because that was the access I had to in the library for adult material. They okay. would deal with mature themes that nobody else would touch in fiction. Now I love me some Judy Bloom and some Beverly <laughs> Cleary and they're great for what they do, but the, those other authors, the sci-fi, gave a portal to things that nobody would talk to kids about, especially but, preteens and, and, you know, right on that adolescent cusp. That's when you need to hear that stuff and at least explore it. And, and I think those mature themes are what kids are ready for way before we think as Americans they're ready for. I would only disagree with you from a standpoint of the literary word versus the visual cinema. And I think that if more kids did what you were doing and, and, and what I don't, I didn't dive in at, at, to, to that deep at your age, but, but those books help nurture and, and feed me those, those great stories for, for decades. But the, the, the visuals of what they're doing now, I think are, are steering kids away from reading. Take, uh, I think the hunger games is a great example. That was something that I, I did read all of the books <clears throat> I appreciated the movies, but the movies were nowhere near as dark as the books, in my no, opinion. No, I agree. It, it was kind of sanitized for the screen. Lisa, you read those as well, yeah? I did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew? <laughs> no. <laughs> I read the first one. I got three chapters into the second one, and it was too soap opera. I said, this is this is stupid. Whatever magic she had captured, lightning in the bottle in the first one, she lost it in the second. As, as a mm. former teen girl, I was able to appreciate I'm it. I'm sure, yeah. So um, and get through it to the end, and it was worth it, honestly. But uh, it, it does get into a lot of the teen romance theme. So I'm going to, let's bring it back into the uh, the Harry Potter world. I've got two more questions for you as we, as we get into as we begin to wrap up, uh, favorite um, uh, spell throughout all of the books and or movies? I know, Ben, there are so many to choose from, right? <laughs> Can I just, I'm going to throw my caveat out there. Go ahead. It seemed almost immature as an objective third-party viewer of this material that they all sound like something with Latin roots of the thing that they're supposed to. It's like, light them up on this, you know, come on. <laughs> That's really, really weak writing. <laughs> and, 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 and JK, again, deserves a Nobel Prize from my perspective for getting kids to read. I will argue it's not weak writing because it continued to foster an interest in the English language. It doesn't translate as well, except in the romance languages. But um, I, as an adult, when I was studying Latin, was fascinated by all of the spells and how they worked into the English language. You're, 
I think you're a small minority there, Robin. I, well, I, think, I studied I don't linguistics know. for a while. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, film. Hey. Yeah. We need to we need to have there's so many more topics I know that we we need to talk about because that's just fascinating stuff. The the film aspect alone. But, but Lisa that, Yeah, go ahead, Robin. Oh um I, I think that's a super interesting question. I have always been really intrigued by the Imperious curse. It's mm. one of the three forbidden curses, but it plays such a big role in the plot. The idea that you can cast a curse that will force someone to comply to your whims and live out a life according to your dictation. Um, and now it, you're back to Fifty Shades. <laughs> but um, the the idea of manipulation <clears throat> and um, abuse and taking over a person's life to suit your own whims, I think has so many interesting applications and it plays such a big role in um, a lot of the later books. Different, different characters are put under the imperious curse Man. and uh, lead out. Robin, you've, you've gone lives. like, you've gone like seven layers deep there. That was, <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, of the Oculus you. Repera where the, the eyeglasses are, you know, just instantaneously <laughs> fixed on Can the I train. I, I like I the like Osseo, the Osseo spell, you know, Osseo oh, broom yeah. or Osseo yeah. anything like in my hand, that would be so helpful in real life. You know, how many yes. times I misplace something, you know, how much time you waste looking for things. Osseo car keys. So that would be fantastic. Lisa, <laughs> your, your pronunciation of it. Here's a question for those of us who have listened to the audio and we've read the books and then you watch the movies. None of the actors in the movies pronounce them. I think correctly as we've listened and read in the audio in the books. Do you agree? Oh, what's the different pronunciation? I well, thought that said was how Accio, they pronounced it. in the movies. Oh. I'm like, Accio, what the heck are you saying? Did and then really? they would say one, um, uh, ridiculous. I'm like, what? Ridiculous. What? Yeah, anyway, ri- right. Or ridiculous yeah. is what they, is what they called it ridiculous. in the movie. Yeah. I'm going down. I'm, I'm digressing anyway. Sorry. Does the spell <laughs> still work if you have an accent or if you mispronounce the, uh, <laughs> The syllables or, or. That's I, I think really so because you know they yeah. when they did the Goblet of Fire they had like the French speakers and they had the the, the I guess they were German or some type of Bulgarian, Bulgarian you know Bavarian yeah that the Bulgarian, they all yeah. uh, and so they all had accents and they used the same spells right and so they worked yeah so it's more um, about they, intent than pronunciation which actually yes. gets into my biggest complaint with the whole. Uh, franchise the whole world it seems very english centric um even Mm. even translating to american it it doesn't quite work but there's so many countries why is it that the the main protagonists are at the best school and it's in the uk but there's a whole world i mean are there are there wizards in africa do they have a fancy school that they go to why don't we ever hear about it it and talking about the American versus UK thing, I happened to be in London in 2001. And I remember looking at the marquees in Piccadilly Circus for the film that was coming out. Yes. And it, and it said The Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was the original title right. of the first book. And they had to change it to Sorcerer's Stone in America because we're too dumb or something. I mean, <laughs> what? 
we just have a different usage of sorcerer or, or, or philosopher? I don't, know or? The, I don't know the reason why, but I you're don't right. know the reason either. It's huh. the philosopher's stone um, and not the, not the sorcerer's stone. I, I don't I, know. I have I, a feeling. I, my guess is that that had to do with, and this is just a guess, but that when a bigger publisher became uh, involved, because remember, if she was selling them herself, that's probably what her original tenor was. I will bet an editor or a publisher had an influence in that. That's my guess. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 That's my guess. But I don't know that. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. Um, I, I, I'm just guessing because like you said, it sounds about right. (laughs) One of the, uh, one of the, the questions I knew I was going to ask, um, Matthew, you're not going to get asked this question. You know, if you, especially if you go to Universal, what house, right? If you're in the sorting, you know, you see the sorting hat and you get the sorting hat put on you and then you get to choose or you get called out. And, and I asked Aaron and I think Lisa, you know, you're wearing the big, the big Gryffindor. Um, (laughs) I I would have liked to have seen more of the houses in the books rather than just the two that were really uh, pushed forward, the Slytherin and the Gryffindor versus, you know, the others. I would have loved to have had just more, more of that. And I think, I think that there are a lot of, I don't know, there's probably tons of fan fiction out there for all of that. Robin's shaking her head. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious to, to get your guys thoughts on the, the, the whole house aspect. I thought it was brilliant to, to do that. On seven. No, there's four. Oh, seven. <laughs> for, 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 for those of us, I don't know. For, for for those of us who who are unfamiliar with the houses, like what what, what are the squadrons? Right, right. Points? Let's. <laughs> well, yeah, I know what a squadron Lee? is, and I know what a house is. So, like, what are the major ma- ma- major high points of what Lisa a house and Robin? Is? Go ahead. So, like, what you know, if you, I, I know that they get sorted into one of four houses. So, like, what 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 boxes do you have to check to go into a house? So, well, supposedly the the sorting hat sorts you, but you you have a say. Like, the sorting hat takes into consideration what you want. So, for instance, Harry did not want to get put in Slytherin because you know that's where all the sort of mean people he the tr- knew the were. troublemakers. Yeah, okay, the troublemakers. So, so <laughs> his okay. father was a Griffin, a Gryffindor, so he had a preference for that and he ended up being sorted into Gryffindor. And, so and each house does well no, what is the what is their motto? The each house has like a motto of like character characteristics that generally the people in those houses tend to to show. And I think was Gryffindor brave and true or something like that. And then I forget what Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw were. And then Slytherin, what was Slytherin's motto? A Lannister always keeps his promises. What it <laughs> I, I think I always associate Slytherins with being very independent. And I think one of the big dramas of the series is that Slytherins are typecast as being evil because they got co-opted by Voldemort, but they tend to be mm. independent thinkers and self-sufficient and um, they can be selfish, but um, I, because they, they take their own needs into consideration versus Gryffindors who tend to be brave and outgoing. Hufflepuffs tend to be very loyal friends. Um, they, they are uh, I think they get a bad rep for being the less intelligent of the group, but not necessarily so. Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff, um, but they're very loyal friends. And Ravenclaws tend to be book smart. They're 
they're very brainy and uh the, the, the wise the only thing i agree with all of that except one thing with slytherin that the big factor was that the the large largest that they're evil that, that, well the largest group of individuals who felt that wizards should only be true bloods existed kind of mm. oh yeah and yeah that That's is true. really the crux of where it comes to this evil um um <clears throat> Aside from the fact that yes, they got the majority of the Death Eaters were also from Slytherin, and you know all of these things that kind of push them towards like the certainly the <laughs> the antagonists of the of the uh, story for sure. Um, and I think that's important to recognize because you know if we look at going back a little bit, like not to digress backward, but when you're talking about these things and her influence and her audience and all these ways in which um she what are things homogenized for kids all this stuff i think that's part of her brilliance in her books is that she she really wove into them yes there's some dark things and some weird characters and that fantasy stuff certainly exists but she wove into her stories the challenges that kids have and brought them yeah you know ways to solve them you know they <clears throat> you know, looking at, you know, three friends, you know, two boys and a girl, and, and they can be friends, and they can grow up and maybe fall in love, but they don't have to, you know, that they can um, stick up for people who are being picked on, you know, not allow bullying to go on, but you can be friends with people in different houses, you don't have to stay in your, your own little worlds, you know, all these themes that are all important things that kids need to hear and, and are have a lack of places to hear them from. And so I think that's one of the brilliant things about her books um, and why I might disagree that it's the gateway um, stories. <laughs> well, okay. All right. But I, I, even the names of the houses are lazy writing. I'm sorry, Slytherin. I, can you think of a more evil? They named him Draco. I mean, it's like, Draco, Sorry, whatever. I mean, it's, they might as well name him Malevolent. I mean, come on. That's just, re, or, you know, well, General well, Grievous. I, I mean, I, God, that's really lazy. But even Draco redeems himself, you know. there's Puff. I mean, I don't think on. Jacob would have worked or, you know, like. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What'd you say, Robin? I said the Hufflepuff mascot is a badger. Like the security yeah. badger. Like the security badger. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I didn't even know that that's what it was. I thought it was a bear. No, it's okay. a badger. I, and I know now. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> again, we have another episode about security. All right. Never mind. But again, <laughs> this episode brought to you by... <laughs> Sensuous sounds of InfoSec. Available on all major platforms. <laughs> uh, with that, guys, we're gonna we're gonna bring it to a close. This has been fun. Uh, I enjoy these kind of conversations and topics. Uh, I, I don't know if it's gonna be next week, but the week after, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna be re re regurgitating, talking about the third season of Cobra Kai. Um, oh. And so, tune in for that one if you haven't watched ep- uh, seasons one and season two. Uh, you need to watch it before you listen. But um, guys, any other final thoughts? Uh, Lisa, that was actually a very well-spoken uh, um, close, I think, to really <laughs> what the books did for you. And and uh, I don't really have anything to, to say after that, really. I thought it was pretty... Lisa I, nailed it. Yeah. I, I have just one last thing I want to say. Go, Ben. Yes. The thing that I love about J.K. Rowling and this entire Potterverse 
is that it gave another role to the actor who plays Siegfried Farnan in the James Harriet BBC production of All Creatures Great and Small. Are you and talking about the- Ron, Ron Weasley? No. Um, Who's he, he talking about? Oh my gosh. The guy from the ministry. I have no oh, idea. Oh, I know who you're I talking about. I'm fairly certain he plays Professor Slughorn. No, he's not a professor. Is he the Ministry of Magic? The the guy who is. Is. I think he plays magic. No, so no, no. I'm telling look it up. We have the internet. <laughs> um, but he's the <laughs> one. At first he's saying, oh no, there's no uh, Voldemort. And then in the next movie, he's like, oh, oh my goodness, was- I guess Voldemort is back. You know, it's like he's proven he- wrong when they blow up the library or museum. I know who you're talking about. I don't know his <laughs> name. I know him as an actor. He's he a was great in- actor. He was in he what's the vampire enough- movie with Kate Beckinsale. He was in that. Oh, the Underworld? Yeah, he was in Underworld. Look up Siegfried Farnan. We should movies. review Underworld. It wasn't that great. That done. was not good. And they made like, <laughs> what, eight of them? I like the first one. What's I liked the first one, yeah. <laughs> She looks fantastic. I mean, and she doesn't. Age yeah, I'm well. a little jealous of of, of her in, in leather. <laughs> it's like there are very few people in the world that can put leather on and look that good. Are we yeah. talking about Kate, Kate Beckinsale? Kate Beckinsale, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. I was mixing up Jim Broadbent with look at look uh, at Ben taking taking it taking Ben. Yeah, he's like me. <laughs> What's his to be fair, they look rather similar. Okay, I think I'm I was trying thinking to figure of Jim out. Broadbent too. Actually, <laughs> yeah, Jim Broadbent plays Professor Slughorn. Okay, but what's this guy's name? I am trying to figure it out. I'm it's sorry. on the interwebs. I've said Snape a few too, too many times. Just type in Siegfried Farnham. Oh, I don't there's know the how card, to spell Snape. that. Matthew <laughs> <laughs> I Matthew, what was the other uh, trigger word? Oh, the the big one that no one has said yet the the entire show Hogwarts is, is Hogwarts. Oh, I said it once. Oh, oh. I did say it. I did say it once. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I must so have missed it. I'm right. so sorry. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 three uh, uh, secret words for the episode were Snape, Quidditch, and Hogwarts. If you heard those words, you took a drink. While <laughs> whether it was water or iced tea or uh, Mountain Dew. Ben and Robin are researching right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're fact checking. They're fact checking. Oh no, that was actually the real guy. That's are totally you on? Fine. We'll we'll edit all this out. It's it's not. No, this is go, this is going up. This is. And this I will I will up. also say as as a total uh, uh, out quasi outsider going to Universal Studios and going to that park and going into Hogwarts and going into yes. the, it was phenomenal. Yeah. It, it was, is. they were just really good rides, extremely yeah. well orchestrated and produced. Um, just a lot of fun. Expensive well, as all get out, but kind of <laughs> I think worth Robin, it. Robin would agree with this. And I know Lisa, you would agree. You're, tra- you're transported into that world. Once you go through those, that little doorway. I mean, you're, you they have the little magical such... chimes and you, uh, you, it is like you're being transported. <clears throat> like you feel like you've just teleported into a different yeah. world. Yeah. Which I will okay. be there. She in cried there. <laughs> just, just booked a weekend to go to universal. We have passes, but we haven't been able to use them because of COVID. So I'm like itching like dying. And there's a new ride now at universal. So they, they just redid the Jurassic roller coaster. So be there in a month. I will think of you all. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, with that, I'm going to close up the uh, podcast for tonight. I want to thank Matthew, as always. Matthew, thank you for being in the corner. Thanks and for uh, 
and 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 making us laugh uh, as always i love it ben and robin thank you guys again for joining us and lisa as always a pleasure thank you very much for joining us my name is joey police guys this is the topic of choice see you next time